you know, it's like kind of what Aristotle said, we are what we re- repeatedly do. And you're the sum total of everything you continue to do over and over and over again. And so we form ha- habits, and then our habits form us. And so most people, like uh, Zach was saying, is most people have uphill, you know, habits. But uh, what happens are op- uphill hopes, and we have downhill habits. And so I want you to go to Romans, if you can put it up there. Uh, Romans, uh, there it is. And I want you to read the first five words it says right there with me, out loud, aloud. That means not a quiet, that means out loud. Okay, so can you do that when we say, fix your attention on... Listen, if you just did that for the rest of the year, your year would be different. How many of you know that? And so what it says there, it says, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize that what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. You see, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. You know, it's like, how many of you know if you just follow culture, it'll just drag you down? I had a picture of one of my friends. He sent it. He was on Facebook last week, and it was a bunch of guys I used to party with, and they hadn't changed. One guy has hair down here, beard like that. It doesn't matter what you, your hair length or your beard length. But they just, I was showing some of my friends. They go, Pastor Bubba, they look like 10 years older than you. I said, but it's just their lifestyle. They hadn't changed. And what happens is, it says God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. We also want, listen, God wants to bring the best out of us. Amen? And as pastors, that's our desire. We want to bring the best out of you as well. And so what we do is, that these are, what I want to talk to you about today is it, and kind of review a little bit, and then get right into the message is this, these are God help habits, uh, but it doesn't, it, it, but it takes effort. How many of you know that anything that's worth changing, anything worth doing in your life, is going to take some effort on your part, okay? So let, let's just go on. Let's take on this journey, and we're in the middle of 21, we're, we're at the end of 21 days of fasting and prayer. That means DQ, be ready. Okay, the rest of you, I don't know what you, you don't know what I'm talking about, but... And so there are going to be people standing up there going, ah. I remember doing one fast one time. We were at a Poncho's. I don't know if y'all remember what Poncho's, a little Mexican restaurant. You put a flag up and they, you know, and I had a friend of mine. His name was Jim Locke. He goes, leave it at half mass so they just keep coming back. <laughs> and we were a bunch of young guys. We went to an ice cream shop after a, a three-day fast. I mean, total fast, just water and fasting. And I remember, I go, I want cookies and cream. And they go, okay, no, no, we want the bucket. We bought the five-gallon bucket, and we ate that. And the next morning, I had an ice cream hangover. I don't know how you have them, but I had it. I was sugar overload. So, but I've learned this. What I starve dies, and what I feed thrives. And so many times in our lives, is if I starve things, in my, it's, they say it takes 21 days to start a habit and 21 days to quit a habit. And so some of us, during the fast, we were trying to starve some things. Maybe it was the Internet. Maybe it was Facebook, whatever, you know, I don't know what it was. But whatever you want, or with certain foods or certain things that you did, and then all of a sudden you say, you know, I don't want these things to control me, and I want, I want God to do something inside of me. And hopefully God, during this time of fasting and prayer, God did something inside of you. That's why we're going to celebrate tonight with Pastor Tim Delina. I really want you to be here tonight. You need to show yourself, you know, strong and crowly. Come on. 
And, and, and so I was in Eunice last week. I said, let me tell you something. We got closer to y'all. If y'all don't show up, we ain't coming to Crowley ever again. And I'm telling you. I mean, we could have done it in Jennings. We packed the house. But I'm just telling y'all. I'm just, you know, go, oh, Pastor, don't threaten us. I'm not going to threaten you, but I'm going to come close. <laughs> you need to be here tonight. Pastor Tim is a preacher's preacher. He really is. He's a prince of preachers. And he's got a word for our church. And I believe that. And if you believe this is where God has called you and you're a part of it, you need to be here tonight. And so last week we talked about a couple of Zach in the last three weeks. And we've been talking about these are some self-help habits. These aren't, these aren't like positive thinking habits. These are God habits. And so last uh, three weeks ago when we started this series, we talked about focus on what I do first. How many of you know whatever you do first can really it, it, it can change your life. And we talked about, I don't know if he talked about first mention in the Bible, when God mentions something first in the Bible, what it really means. The, the second week we talked about keeping my life aligned with my purpose. In other words, what happens is sometimes you can go to a chiropractor and he says, you're out of alignment. And what he'll do is you got pain, you know, like in your, and it's called deferred pain. And you go, no, it's right here. And they go, no, 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 it's not right there. It's right. And they press a little button. Uh-uh. And then you get like, oh, and your ear tingles. And it's on fire, you know. And then and all of a sudden you go, wow. And we talked about that, being in line with God and our, and our finances and the way we do things and the way we live our lives, being aligned with him. And the, last week, Zach talked about control. My thoughts. How many of you have wild thoughts sometimes? The rest of you are lying. <laughs> How many of you know that we just sometimes we can have thoughts? Come on. And if we, I've, I've learned this. When I was doing a Bible study one time, I was doing this study, and it, it was John Wesley, and he has these, this book. It's called The 52 Standard Sermons of John Wesley, one of the greatest you know, circuit rider preachers, started the Methodist church, a lot of history there. My mother was Methodist. And, and so but what happened is they, he had, and he had one, it's called thoughts. And I remember studying that, going through college and studying that. And what happened is one of the things he says, there's thoughts that, that, that wander away from God and leave no room for him. And that usually ends up when we begin to walk in sin or we fulfill things in our own lives. And he said, then there's thoughts that wander toward God and make us want to be more like God and in, in, in making decisions that are different. So my question is, how are your thoughts? Where's your thought life like? And so this morning, what I want to do, I'm just going to wrap this up. I want to choose, how many of you know that sometimes we need to choose relationships very carefully? You see, you, you are who you are and where you are because of the people you surround yourself. The quality of my, my friendships or the quality, or it's not the quantity of friends that I have, but it's the quality of friendships that I have that I hang around with. And because what's going to happen, your relationship decisions are important because decisions will, will ever make, it's going to make your life who you are and who you hang out with. Show me your relationships and I'll show you your future. Come on. You ever have someone that you can look at them and go, that guy has stupid written on his forehead. Okay, I have five sons and one daughter, and I have all kinds of children that have come to my house. Knotheads, stupid kids, ugly kids, smelly kids. I made one take a shower one time. He stunk so bad. No, seriously, he was raised by a single mom, and he didn't know, he didn't know, he didn't have any, what I call, he didn't have any home training. So I told him, I said, Matt, you need to take a shower. So I gave him a bar of soap, and I gave him deodorant. And from that time on, he learned to take, you're thinking, that's funny. That's stupid. No, I'm telling you, it's, it was for real. And he's married now, and his wife ought to thank me. 
So Proverbs says it like this. A mirror reflects a man's face, but when he really is what but what he really is like is shown by the kind of who? Friends he chooses. You know, you can't I know so the first point I want to talk about in, in, in just helping you get some habits, I'm gonna talk about some practical things, but you need to nurture the most important relationships you have in your life. One of those is maybe your marriage. That should be your, if you're married, that should be the most important relationship you and I have. You know, it's like you can't look at a fireplace without wood and expect it to burn. Come on. Am I not what I'm talking about? A fireplace needs wood to burn, and the wood needs to be nurtured, and you need to match the strike. And so you can look at a fireplace. That's a beautiful fireplace, but you, you, you can't look at a marriage and say, well, there's no, you know, as I've had people go, Pastor, there ain't no fire left in my marriage. The fire done went out. Lord, we had a cold front the last five years come through my marriage. And, you know, I think about that, and what, what are you doing to nurture the fire? Have you just let the fire go? You know, fire takes work. How many of you know it takes work? How many got a fireplace in your house? I don't. My wife really wants me to install one. Okay, my wife's from the Northwest, Washington State, and she always, you know, like, we have bonfires outside. She's always got her booty next to the fire as close as you can get. I've never seen anybody get that close, but she just likes that. She likes fires. And so what are you doing to nurture the fire in your marriage? It takes work to keep it going. Relationships take work to keep them healthy. Amen? Just because a relationship takes work doesn't Make it a bad relationship. Hello? If I'm going to work at something and I work at it hard, guess what? There's going to be benefits down the road. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And people go, well, you know, Pastor, you don't know my marriage. Well, I, I, let me just, just because a relationship takes work, you know, it's not a bad relationship. I live with a lady that's an angel. My wife is a little like an angel. I walk around, her wings hit me, you know, songs come out, you know, all that. And I'm like, it's hard to live with an angel. You go, what do you mean? I mean, my wife's an incredible lady. She's a woman of God. She provokes me. Listen to me. Every quality relationships need, every quality relationship needs to be nurtured. Relationships will not maintain themselves. Come on. It's like that Cajun lady told me, Miss Savoy, one time. She goes, you know, Pastor Bubba. All them men's is the same. They bark all day, but they meow at night. You know that. <laughs> I believe this. My choices will lead and feelings follow. Sometimes you need to start watering your grass that you got at home. Because look at me. Look at me. I want to tell you something. Sometimes you go, well, the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence. Oh, it might look greener, but the water bill is going to be more than you want to pay. So what you need to do is you need to learn, learn to water your own grass. And, and what happens is, and, and, and guess what happened? If you're, if you're struggling in your marriage, Pastor Zach's going to start a marriage series next month. Next week it starts. So I'd encourage you. Next Sunday, you know, you know what? We need to get involved. We need to be a part. We take, well, listen, I just see this. We take care of the important relationships in our lives. My wife, my kids, my friends. Peter says it like this. He says, the end of all things is near. 
Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. You know, one thing I've learned in marriage is that, you know what? I cover my wife and she covers me. And I believe this, that for all of us, the things that are important, you're going to cultivate and you're going to work hard at. The second thing I want you to see is restore. Some of us need to restore broken relationship. This is a painful process for many people. I'll just say that right now because it's painful. And, and sometimes we just like to avoid the whole restoration, get it right kind of thing. But the pain of the restoration process is better than the continual pain of broken relationship. I've had to walk through that with my family. Just difficult moments. And, you know, Romans says it like this. It says, Romans 12 says, if at, if at all possible. It says, if at all possible. If. That's a condition word. If. It is possible. Live at peace with everyone. If you can't make peace with them because they don't want restoration, choose to live in peace with yourself. I talked to someone recently and I said, I said, man, what's going on? And it wasn't about anything anybody did. It was about forgiveness. And he said, well, you know, I, I, I just shut it down. I don't go to church anymore. I just read my Bible at home, and now I'm done. Well, that's a good thing. So you're just going to stew in your bitterness and your hurt and your cynicism? Man, that ain't, that ain't right. Then I got, got the other person to try to tell them they were sorry and make it right, and they didn't want to hear it, and they dogged them and everything. And I'm like, wow. It said, if all pop, you can't have peace if you're unwilling to forgive. Hello? Think about it. Jesus' prayer says, forgive, forgive, me, as I forgive, forgive me as I forgive others. You have, to be, you have to forgive yourself before you can forgive others. I believe it's a daily thing. Jesus, forgive them for what they know not what they do on the cross. Let me ask you, how many, how many of you know that Jesus forgave more than you and I could ever forgive anybody? Think about that. And sometimes we put situations, you go, Pastor, you just don't know. No, I don't know. But if God's calling you to make restoration, do whatever you have to. And if it can't be restored, if it can't happen, you know what? You just love them. You don't speak about them. You know what? You pray for them. Are you with me? See, I believe this unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and waiting for the person next to you to die of smoke inhalation. Come on. That's funny. I don't care what you think. <laughs> Colossians says this. It says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. The third thing is sever any harmful relationships. I'm not talking about, yeah, I, know, I know how some, uh-huh, Pastor Bubba said I can get rid of you. You don't have to be my husband anymore. You bring more grief to me, and, and that's not what I'm talking about. Okay? I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is this. I'm talking about the relationships that keep putting you in a compromising position. You see, for some of, the, for some of this means you need to stop. Can I, can I just, I'm just going to be real plain. Can I just be honest? 
Come on, I hadn't lied yet, but I'm just going to be honest. If you want to know where some lying pastors go, I've got a list of churches I can give you. Okay? <laughs> but for some of this, it means that you permanently get off of all social media. Thanks for all those amens. Especially for anybody over th- under 30. Yes, permanently. Why, Pastor Bubba? Because, listen, if you're messaging your old boyfriend and your old girlfriends, every time you see that person online, it leads you to a thought that is not healthy. I heard about a couple that they were, they were on Facebook, and that what they did is the man was trying, he was talking to someone, and his wife was talking to someone, and what happened, they decided where they were going to meet. Each of them were going to meet somewhere as they were talking to other people. And what they found out is they came and they met each other. And actually they were behind the back talking about, they were actually having an emotional affair with each other. And they were so mad about that, they ended up getting a divorce. That's like stupid. Can I just say that word in church? Stupid does as stupid is, or whatever it is. You see, if you can't, I just, you're, you're, I just say this. My spouse, I don't have a code. I don't have a thing. My wife can look at anything I have on my Facebook. She can look at anything on my phone. The other day, my, my little girl goes, Daddy, can I see? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. I don't have any worries with my phone. Because I'm not looking at anything stupid. Hello. But can I tell you something? We're all one click away from stupid. Oh, that's a picture of my wife, too, anyway. <laughs> What's that picture? It's my wife. When she was at the governor's mansion, we went and she's got a fine-looking dress. She's got a little fox thing. I'm like, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hey, when I go out of country, I look at pictures of my wife and my children. I know what you're looking at. If you can't give them access to your messages, it probably means you're probably hiding something. You need to get rid of it. Okay, let me just say, and I tell pastors or young guys that go, Pastor, what do I do? I encourage you to read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 because it warns you about making wrong decisions or being wayward or watching how the wayward woman walks. And, and really, it's not just the woman. It's the trap of the enemy, how the enemy walks. And I encourage you to read Proverbs 6 and 7 at least once a month just to kind of see, kind of get yourself girded. Stop flirting with your coworkers. If you can't find another job, it's O-V-E-R, over. Can, can I, t- I mean, come on. Your marriage is more important than your bank account. Amen. See, Proverbs says it like this. I'm in the right church this morning. Okay, good, I'm glad, I'm glad. Because I hadn't gotten started yet. Put your seatbelt on, we're fixing to go to the travel channel. Okay, Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Corinthians says it like this. Do not mislead. Bad company corrupts good morals. And the last thing, and then I'm going to get into habits, is initiate some meaningful relationships. Most people want mentors or healthy relationships. They are not just willing to initiate it. See, you must initiate the relationships you 
desire. Look, when I have find someone that I want to have a relationship with or I want to get close to, I'm one of those kind of guys, I'll just, I, I, I'll just ask you. I'll tell you. Hey, man, I want to get close. Hey, can we talk? Man, I want to get to know you. Can you speak into my life? Are you hearing me? And I have men like that in my life. And, I, and, and, you know, they can speak into my life and speak into my marriage and speak to me about the way I raise my kids. And when I've been angry and I said, Lord, you know, I called one. I said, man, I'm about to kill my child. And he says, don't kill your son and don't cuss. Can I just tell you something? All of us need people in our lives when we go through discouragement. I have people that can speak into my life when I'm discouraged, when I'm down. Are you hearing me? I need that in my life. You see, Hebrews says it like this, 20, uh, verse 10, 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some, ha- some are in habit of doing. But let us, in- what does it say? Encourage one another and all the more see the day approach. And remember, everything worth wild is uphill. We've got to make an effort. How do you initiate relationships? Uh, Right relationships. I'm just glad. When I come to Crowley, y'all ask great questions. <laughs> Let me give you four things that will help you master this habit. And so that's what I want to talk to I'm going to give you four relationship habits that I think you can add to your life. you got a pencil paper, a pen. I, I would encourage you to write these down. Habits that you need to initiate. The first is the first habit, mastering the habit, is develop my relationship with the church. What do you mean by that? What? With, with my church. Everybody needs uh, my church. You need to be connected. There are 30 verses in the New Testament that can, you can't live out unless you're connected to a local body. Ephesians says it like this in the Living Bible. It says, you are members of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Notice how Ephesians, this Ephesians, uses the word member. Today, many of you need to make the transition from attender to member. You get more out of relationship when you are committed to that relationship. When Tracy and I were dating, we were attenders. I would pick her up, we'd go on a date, and I would drop her off. And then I realized, I mean, you know, I've been dropping her off and investing in this woman for a long time, and she looks like a a ripe grape, and I better pick her before someone else does. So then I got married, and I said, I do. So I transitioned to be having a member relationship. The best part of membership are the benefits. Praise God. Okay, the rest of y'all, I'm just praying for y'all. I know what y'all doing, Crowley. Can I tell you the best relationships you'll ever have in your life are those that you're committed to? It's the difference between owner and renter mentality. When you own something, you take care of it. You take care of it. It's like when I come on this campus. You know, we don't own this building, but when I see trash, I pick it up. Because why? Because I'm a member. This morning when I got out of my truck, there was bricks that had fallen from the building across the street. 
and they were close to the road. And so I thought maybe if, if a tire, if someone runs close to that brick, it's going to fly. It's going to hit my truck or somebody else's vehicle, and they're going to have a dent. So this morning, because I have ownership and because I'm a member, I picked up the bricks, and I put them on the sidewalk for the city to take care of it. Are you hearing me? When I go to Jennings, one of the first things I do, I look at, I used to get mad at Pastor Zach and Pastor Josh. Because I said, y'all can literally drive by a piece of trash and not pick it up. What is, what is your problem? Because what happens is you got to go from like, man, this is, I own this. That's not my coffee, that's your coffee in the, li- in the thing, lobby, whatever it's called. That's, this is your stuff. This is our stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Am I making sense? There's something when you have ownership, you just, you take care of it. You know? And you know, picking up the trash is just a little thing, but it says a lot. The second thing, I got to develop my relationship with godly friends. Well, Pastor Bubba, how do you know, here's, how do you know if they're godly friends? Here's how you know if you have godly friends. When you leave them, you feel like, man, I want to be more godly. I, I just want to love God more. Every time you're around them, you can, man, I just want to be like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Godly friends provoke, and they, they help me, they correct me, they encourage me, they build me up. My best friend and I have been best friends for 41 years. We're best friends. He can tell me stuff. And I can tell him stuff because we knew each other in the B.C. days before Christ. You know what I'm saying? Not a lot of y'all seen that on my, my side, but he was there. And, and, and a while back we were talking. We're going to Africa again this year together, and we were talking about some things we're doing. And, and um, he said, you know, Bubba, you had a lot of choices at one time in your life, but I'm so glad you made the choice you did. And I said, Mark, I'm so glad I made that choice, too. And the choice was Jesus. And see, for every one of us, you've got to make decisions. See, you're asking, where do I get these people from? That's why we have life groups. Life groups is where you connect with people. You get to know people. I mean, they're, they're going to have tables at the end of the service out there where you can choose what life group you can be a part of. I don't care if you meet to shoot arrows and archery, that you're doing something together, and all of a sudden you have a Bible study about taking your aim, and we're going to aim and hit Jesus. I don't care how you do it. You know what I'm saying? But it's a connection, and then with that connection, you develop friends, and friendship means when you're going through something or you're, you're heavy about something, people you can talk to, people can share, people can pray with you, people that can care for you. Am I in the right place? Real life happens in life groups. And see, Acts says it like this. All the believers met together constantly and shared everything with each other. Notice they shared everything. They shared struggles. They shared sorrows. They shared hopes. They shared dreams. This is how you grow. This is how they grew in their faith. That's how we grow in our faith. I have people, I have people like that in my life. All of us need a place where we feel comfortable to take the mask off. Hello. It's like you just go, okay, life group, this is me. See, I can have the little Pastor Bubba mask on this morning. 
Are you hearing me? But sometimes you just got to take it off and just get real. See, for you and I, that's what life groups is all about. The third is develop my relationship with a team. What does that mean? Here, here at OSC Crowley, we have a dream team. We have about 80 people that are part of the dream team that already serve on the dream team. If you would like to be part of this team, we have next steps starting next Sunday. Listen, the team is more about your spiritual health than the health of the church. Let me explain. You will never do anything significant in your life alone. Amen. You just won't. Everything that I've ever received, every blessing I've ever had, is someone hooked me up. Say it with me. Say, hook, hook me up. Either someone knew somebody. Look, when I used to get jobs as a kid, it was like, oh, mom, mom I'm going to get you a job, Shad. I know the man that runs it. You know, come on. And so my uncle, my grandfather, my daddy would hook me up. And the responsibility is like, if I hook you up, don't mess it up. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Don't mess it up. I remember mean, working for this old man, and everybody, he would just give people, I mean, no one could work. And I worked with him one day, the biggest compliment, he goes, your boy knows how to work. Man, that was like, I knew how to work. It was the biggest compliment I ever received. I was a kid. You see, Ecclesiastes says that there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. You accomplish more with others. You just do. OSC works good without, but it would work better with you. Hello, thank you for all those amens. This is true. It's true. I got a call this week from the second largest church in America, Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. They have a small church, about 40,000 people. I've taken the pastor, Pastor Chris Hunting. I guided, I guided him, took him on a duck hunt this year, Pastor Jacob and I. And uh, he's from South Louisiana, just a great, incredible, humble man. And uh, they called and they said, Man, we've been looking at y'all's numbers. Now, in our whole church, when Zach was talking about the numbers, she said we were looking at the numbers three years ago. Y'all barely, y'all didn't have 500 people. And I'm looking at it's like we're seeing 900. I said, no, no, we're over that. And she goes, and she just goes, I knew it. I just knew it. <coughs> and she said, we've taken these few churches, I think, I don't know, seven, eight churches, and we're just looking at y'all, and this morning we started seeing y'all, and we started thanking God for what God is doing at our Savior's church in Jennings and Crowley and Eunice. And we just want to let you know we're so happy for y'all what God is doing in South Louisiana. Come on, give yourself a hand. <laughs> Zach was dropping off a guy, he told me, uh, a guy that's a mutual friend of ours, he's also from Louisiana. I mean, look, all the people, let me just say this. I, I don't know if you know this. Out of the top 25 churches, most of the people that have the top 25 churches in America are from, the pastors are from Louisiana. Yeah. Come on, Meshach. 
We know how to talk it. We got the rude just right. When a man can't make a rude, there's something wrong. But anyway. But, you know, it's like I look at that and I just go, I'm not proud of it. And I just, I talked to him on the phone. I said, well, look, look, look. This isn't about me. I have a great team. I have a great team of pastors, and we have a great dream team. And they just serve. They give it their all. And then, so if y'all think that we got the secret sauce and I've got something coming and tell you, I'll just say this. I'm not smart enough to figure it out by myself. I'm just not. I'm not that smart. It's just us working together and loving one another and building one another up. Amen? And so the last point I want to give you, and this is the one I really, you know, you have to, let me just say this. You have to develop your relationship with God. Have you ever imagined what your relationship with God would be like if you just went all in? All in. I've been doing ministry, like I said earlier, for 37 years. I've noticed something after all my years of ministry. People try God. They try God like ice cream. I just say this. You can't try. You can't wake up in the morning and decide you're going to be an astronaut. No. You work hard at it. You study to become one. Some of you want enough, just enough God to make sure you have fire insurance. Thank you for all those amens. You don't want to go to hell, so I better show up. It's crazy to me how quickly we go all in for our favorite sports teams. But God is just a sideline figure. Think about it. You wake up to go to a game crazy early to get a good parking spot. you got to walk three miles at Tiger Stadium. Because you got to, if you're not there early, you got to park by the baseball fields. You spend half your paycheck on t- tickets you probably can't afford. You stand in freezing cold without a shirt to support your team. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've seen those guys. Here's my, here's my thing. Stop giving your best to a team who doesn't even know your name. Mike's not going to go, hey, I saw you. Yeah. Mike the Tiger ain't doing that. Give it to God who knows everything about you. See, if you don't go all in, oftentimes God will allow a crisis in your life to grab your attention. He loves you so much that he will allow pain to wake you up. And sometimes, God, sometimes the pain God brings is, just stirs us. Are y'all with me? Jeremiah says it like this. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. You will not find God if you give him part of your heart. And here's my question. Here's my concern. Unless you're willing to go, go all in, you'll just try God. Listen, you may be here for the first time. I don't care if you're kicking the tires around here trying to figure out if this is going to be your church, but you need a place where it's my church. We have those shirts, this is my church, I love my church, or whatever. 
Don't wear that if you're barking at the cashier, please. It's not about a t-shirt. It's just a place to belong. The Bible that says this, those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. They'll flourish. Sometimes you got to get rooted to get fruited in your life. But sometimes it comes a point where you got to go, you know what? I'm all in. This is, it. This is the moment. This is the Sunday. I'm all in. It may be all in with your relationship with God. Maybe you've been sitting on the fence and you had not been all in. And God's just speaking to you by His Spirit this morning. Say, it's time. It's time to quit making excuses. Sir, it's time to stop just being here for your wife and going, you know what? I need to be the leader. I need to be uh, the protector of my family. I need to lead my children in a way that's godly. Come on. Are you here this morning? You know what? I've been, I've been, I've been on the verge, but it's like I just, I feel like I need just a little push. Can I tell you this morning? I'm gonna push you. Sometimes we need that little. No. Uh. You ever have that? I had one of my children, my third son, Matthew, that when he didn't want to ride rides, he'd go crazy. Like it would like throw fits. And one time at Disney World, I put him on a ride and closed the thing and they took off. I said, he's getting over his fear today. And sometimes you just need that little push. Now he's, he's the most adventurous, one of the most adventurous children I have. It's all in.